Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Good morning. How'd you survive the storm, Jamie? How'd it go? Well, it was a little nerve-wracking because the roofers literally just left my house at like 1 or 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon, replacing some tiles. And then this windstorm hit. I thought, oh man, I'm going to have to call them out again. Right. Yeah. But uh, at least we didn't lose any trees like our neighbors did. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bad. I couldn't believe how bad that storm ended up getting. So yeah, hope- and it didn't stop after like yeah. 15 minutes, a half hour. It yeah. just kept going. It did. It, it, it kept going for a very long time. And uh, I'm glad everybody's safe. And I hope all of you are safe as well. Good morning. Uh, Carrie Lake joins me in about 20 minutes. So at 835, Carrie Lake, uh, gubernatorial candidate, Republican for governor. Of course, we're going to talk about the impending rally with uh, with uh, former President Trump who's coming to Arizona. We're going to talk about a multitude of things. One of the big issues where the obviously I'm starting off talking economy because that's what everyone's talking about in Arizona. One of the big economic, one of the biggest economic uh, things we face is a housing shortage. So we're going to talk with uh, with the possibility of uh, with her of being governor and what she would do to address that issue. I don't think it can be solved by um, it can't be solved by a governor or a legislature. But can they help in 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 expediting housing and the building of housing in Arizona? So we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. The headline here um, is uh, that. More Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm looking at a story from uh, CNBC, and it talks about how bad inflation is getting as of August, August. 60% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck, according to this Lending Club report, a number that hasn't budged much since inflation hit a 40-year high a year ago. The number of adults who fell stretched, uh, stretched thin, stretched to, felt stretched, too stretched thin is uh, 55%. When you look at this number, when you look at what's happening, this is the fear I had, especially if the job market slows down, is that people who do the right thing. Now, there, all of us have been in a situation. I shouldn't say that. I have been in a situation where I didn't. Um, I lived by choice for a long time, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but I lived by choice for a long time, kind of hand to mouth. I never saved anything. I spent every penny I made every week. I was one of those people, and I knew it about myself, that if I kept a hundred bucks out of my paycheck and put it in my pocket by the following Thursday, I'd have a dollar left. If I took my entire paycheck and put it in my pocket by the following Thursday, I'd have a dollar left. That's just the way I was. And I had absolutely no discipline. And I lived hand to mouth for a very long time by choice. I was making decent money for a single guy. Um, Those aren't the people that I'm talking about, although I feel bad for anyone who is in a difficult situation, even if it's self-induced. But the families that have done the right thing for a long time, that have planned for their children's future, are planning for their own retirement, set money aside for an emergency, for the people that are seeing that emergency fund now getting chewed up and gone, questioning whether or not they're going to be able to provide any kind of a holiday season for the for their children. Um, are they going to be able to keep a roof over their head? We are using credit cards to pay for gasoline. What's going to happen when it comes time to put the heater on in the wintertime, which I know in, in the Valley it's something. We don't do much, but in parts of the country where it gets bitterly cold, including northern Arizona, do families have to choose between heating their homes and feeding their family? And these are real concerns for families now. When you've got 60% of people and a growing number, I would say, because of inflation – 
a growing number of people that are saying that they are living paycheck to paycheck. That is concerning for a lot of people, especially the ones that have done it right for a very long time. Um, so we are going to see, you know, it looks as if there's been a couple of days now, a two-day rebound, which is really good news of the stock market. And that's the S&P is up today, uh, 105 points, up almost 3% so far this morning. We know we had a climb out yesterday. The Dow is up over 30,000. It's up 746 points, where it had fallen below 20. 9,000 just the other day. So let's hope that this trend continues for the American people. Um, but here is a big concern. OPEC production cuts threaten gas spike price spike ahead of midterms. So that is an election issue. There's a political element to that for the people, uh, for the president and the people of his party, because they are having to own some of this. And I had a conversation. I have a lot of conversations on social media. I get asked a lot why we don't take phone calls. I just think a more modern way of doing things is to have an interaction on social media. You can state your case as long as you want. I can break it down. We can have a conversation on social media together, and I can explain that conversation on the air. For me, it's just an easier way of doing things. But I had a conversation yesterday, and I was asked, what would you do? to lower prices of gasoline because I keep hammering the president for not doing the things that he can. And what's interesting about that is um, I'll give you an answer, a couple of answers I gave. First of all, deregulation, that there has been so much regulation put on the fossil fuel industry that it has really handcuffed them. They have dramatically reduced the number of leases they have given out. They've also gone after the companies that finance exploration and drilling. They need to stop that, stop going after the companies that finance that. The environmentalists in the world um, – and I will say the so-called environmentalist in the world because real environmentalists, in my opinion, are people that want a clean planet. That's what we want. It is not a political party. It is not a political movement. The difference between an environmentalist um, and someone that I'm, I'm referencing uh, is the idiot at the football game last night with the pink flare that got tackled by, by the Rams. It should have like half the Rams bench. Um, it was a good hit, too. It was probably the hit of the game. And um, – Especially the best tackle the Rams made last night. Ooh. Um, but those are the people, those activists, those hey, look at me activists are not the people that we should be listening to. And those are the people that are happy about what's happening. They don't care about results as much as they care about their opinion. And when you're watching the American taxpayer hurting the way they are, I would do a lot to deregulate even in the short term. There are ways you can say that I am not wavering from my beliefs. You can say to the country, if you're Joe Biden, you could say to the country, I still believe that climate change is the biggest issue this nation and this world is facing. And we have to do something about it. But nobody expected the war between Russia and Ukraine, and nobody expected that to happen with oil prices. Nobody expected some of the things that have happened post-COVID that we've seen. Nobody expected oil and gas prices to go shockingly high the way they have. So in the interest of the American economy, we are going to dial back some of our regulations in the short term to make it easier to produce the fossil fuels we need as a country so that working families don't have to choose between feeding their family, putting fuel in their car, or heating their home. Homes this winter. He would have been a hero to so many people if he had done that. 
but that's not the direction that they want to take. They don't want to deregulate. They don't want to make it easier for the oil and gas companies. They demonize them at every turn. He demonized them, called them profiteer, you know, that they were profiteering. He demanded they lower their prices. He demanded retailers lower their prices. And then what was one of the first comments he made about Hurricane Ian? One of the first things he said was, here we go. We better not see the oil companies price gouging. It's incre- it's incredible. So here we are with gas prices. I want you to hear just a little bit. This is Dave Packer from ABC talking about gas prices. The price of gas nationally rising for a third consecutive week, up seven cents since last week to three seventy eight a gallon. The biggest increase in California, where the average price of gas rose nearly sixty cents in just the past week to six dollars twenty one cents a gallon. By that measure, drivers along the Gulf Coast are getting a bargain. Gas selling there for three oh eight a gallon. That's actually down close to four cents from last week. So let's talk about California for a moment. California Governor Gavin Newsom is lashing out at oil companies who say they are fleecing Californians with gasoline prices that are rising disproportionately in the Golden State. The fact is they're ripping you off. Their record profits are coming at your expense. He said this in a scathing video in which the governor called for a new windfall tax on oil companies to drive down prices. I want you to ponder that for a moment. The governor of California who wants to be president of the United States, says we are going to place a windfall tax on the oil companies and that will drive down prices. Have you guys ever heard of Venezuela? Have they ever even found it on a map? Never mind, looked at what's happened to them in the last 30 years politically. That's exactly what Venezuela's leadership, when they turned to socialism, told their people. We are going to cap these obscene profits by these people. We're going to tax them if they make too much money. We're going to make sure they pay you a a minimum wage so that you can live, and everybody's going to live happily ever after. Less than 20 years later, they were fighting over trash cans to eat. And the Venezuelan people, the proud Venezuelan people, wealthy, oil-rich nation, ended up fleeing that country and are still trying to flee that country to come to this country. And yet, in California, they want to follow the same political plan that they followed in, in Venezuela. And that's, that's what you're going to get. Joining me in a moment, gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake. We're going to talk about a multitude of topics. Critically, well, especially we'll talk about the critical need for housing in Arizona. We'll do that coming up in a few moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. It's the Mike Broomhead Show. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. We have been talking to candidates, and I want to direct you to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes, where you can find candidate interviews. Joining us again is Republican candidate for Governor Kerry Lake. Welcome back, Kerry. Hello, Mike. Good morning. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's start off with the issue of housing. There's a lot of stories being written right now about the housing crisis in Arizona. As a matter of fact, one recent story called it a growing cancer. Some of the experts. Um, there's a story talking about le- from legislators perspective of how this could be e- aided or eased by legislation. Where do you stand on that? What would you do as governor? Well, we, we want to make sure that people have the ability to live the American dream. And I know that right now, because of the economy, it's hard to even save up for a down payment. And a lot of investors are coming in and, and buying up homes. And 
It's a good investment, let's face it. You know, if you're going to be investing, where do you want to invest, the stock market or real estate? So we've got, and then we also have people moving in because we're an attractive state. They're leaving and fleeing these blue states with terrible policies. So we kind of have uh, all of these major points hitting us when it comes to housing. And we have a, a housing crisis, really. And that's why when I get into office, we want to make it easier to build homes. We want to get people to where uh, the home builders can get the shovel in the ground quicker. And we're going to be pushing some policy to do that. Getting rid of some of the red tape, pushing municipalities to speed up the permitting process so we can get more supply. It's really at the end of the day, a supply and demand issue. We have a big demand for housing and real estate here, and we don't have the supply. So we want to push that supply side and make it go a little faster so we can get the houses built and the uh, homes built. I don't know if we have to do that legislatively. I think we can do some things without using the legislature, but we'll take um, and we'll work with the legislature to make it easier for people to get into homes and live the American dream. How do you solve, especially when it comes to multifamily, um, whether it's condos or apartments, um, there are a lot of people that's the old NIMBY thing, not in my backyard. Everybody thinks it's a good idea, but they don't want it in their neighborhood. How do we solve that problem? Well, I think what what we're seeing in some of these neighborhoods, and I know I had a homeowner reach out to me in Chandler, it's a HUD building, a, a low-income housing going up right in the middle of their neighborhood, and they're not happy with that. And I understand that. And this is why cities have zoning, and they want to make sure that they have some control over it. But you don't have a lot of control when the feds come in and put up low-income housing right in the middle of a suburban neighborhood. I understand um, that concern for a lot of people and I'm really opposed to the feds coming in and doing that. We can handle how we want to build in our own neighborhoods and in our own communities. Let's shift to another big but, topic. But Mike, oh, no, I, go ahead. But Mike, I do I do want to say this. You know, a lot of people do want to live in condos. They do want to live in something a little easier to take care of, especially when you get older. It's called downsizing. I've done it myself. So I think it's important that we have all kinds of housing for people. For some, it's the white picket fence in the home. For others, it's going to be, you know, they want to downsize. They want to live in an apartment. It's a little bit easier for them. And I think that people have to realize there's many different forms of housing and what might work out for you, what you might prefer might not be what somebody else prefers. Yeah, I I, I absolutely agree with that, and I like the the um, the diversity in abil- in places to live. You know, I live in kind of the Arcadia area, and seeing some of the beautiful complexes that are going up there, the big concern will just be traffic. But it's great to see these multifamily places going up around town. Right. But I do think it's it's concerning when the federal government comes in and tries to build low-income housing in the middle of a neighborhood where the, the neighbors don't want it. It, it is a, uh, a little, like, bedroom community. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's fair when the federal government comes in and does that. That's, and that's so a, we'll push back against that. And that's a fair statement. So let me shift to another big topic that it seems to be growing in, in some people's minds. The county attorney's office, I know that in your race it's been a big question, the, uh, the attorney general's race. The top topic of the abortion laws in Arizona and the conflict that's going on and where it's going to end up and what's going to happen. What do we need to do with the abortion laws in Arizona? 
Um, pardon me, my husband's getting in the car right now, so okay. I hear a bunch of <laughs> doors slamming. <laughs> We're on the road, Mike. Okay. <laughs> We're moving. Um, you know what? I want to see where this where this goes. I don't know right now. I'm confused. We, we appear to have two laws, and there seems to be some controversy on which law it's going to be. I said it before. I will continue to say it. I'm pro-life. I want to save as many lives as possible. That being said, we need to help moms. We need to help pregnant women. I'm all about women getting health care. Absolutely. There's, it would be crazy to think as a woman myself, I don't want health care for women. But absolutely, I do. I come from a family of nine. Eight of us are girls. We absolutely need to take care of our young women. When they find themselves pregnant, we need to help them so they're not afraid, so they know there are options. My concern right now is that when you walk into a Planned Parenthood, you're given one option. They don't tell you, look, we can help you if you're just afraid, if you're afraid about having a baby, we can help you with that. We can help you when it comes to finding an adoptive family. There are 2,700 centers, pregnancy centers out there where women can get help and we need to support them. When you, uh, the big, what ends up happening and the follow-up question always is about the exclusions for rape and incest. That seems to be a sticking point to people that if a young girl or a young woman is, is finds herself in that horrible situation, should she be entitled to, uh, to, to get an abortion? You know, I, it, it would be really wonderful if, if uh, abortion was rare and legal. The way they said it before, remember, right? yeah. rare but safe. Rare but safe, I think is what they said. It would be really wonderful if that's how it turned out. But that's not what they want, Mike. They don't want rare but safe. They want abortion after pregnancy now. They want to give a mother the option to kill the baby after pregnancy. Let's go from that side and come down. Is nine months okay? Is it okay to have an abortion when you're nine months pregnant? Is it okay to have an abortion when you're eight months pregnant? Is it okay to have an abortion when you're seven months pregnant? It went from rare and legal to an abortion right up until a baby's born. That's not right. And now they want to make somebody who is pro-life seem like they're radical. I'm not radical. We're not radical for being pro-life. They are radical for wanting babies to be taken from the mother's womb at nine months. And that's what it's really going to. That's what they've gone to. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to stand up and say I'm pro-life. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm, I agree with you. If there's one issue you and I agree on, it's being pro-life. I was just concerned. Every time the question is asked, the follow-up question is always about exclusions for exceptions, I should say, for rape and incest. And I just wanted to get some clarity from your position. Right. Um, and, and that's a very small percentage of abortions. And when you say to folks, and I encourage you to have Katie Hobbs on and lay out where she stands, because she is for abortion right up until birth and after. She voted down a piece of legislation that would have helped give babies babies, medical care, if they survived an abortion, she would rather that baby die in a cold metal tray. Nobody asks her about that. And so when you ask them, the people on the other side, the abortionists, you ask them, where do you stand if it were just an exception for rape and it was just an exception for incest? Would you right. be okay with that? They're not okay with that, Mike. They want to take it all the way to nine months. Yeah, and, and I know that. I mean, we, to be honest with you, we have tried to get Katie Hobbs on the air here. So you've made a commitment to me personally, verbally, that she would come on. We haven't got her on yet, but that would be a question I would ask her. So before I let you go, Carrie, if people want to learn more about the campaign, how do they find you? If they want to learn more about uh, where we stand on the issues and, and where they can meet up with me at events, they can go to CarrieLake.com. And of course, we're having a big event this weekend. With 
coming to town on Sunday. We hope people will come out. 7 o'clock is when the parking lots and registration opens. 11 a.m. doors open and we're going to have a lot of great people speaking and then President Trump will be delivering remarks at 4 p.m. I'll be speaking right before him and I hope that we uh, have a lot of great people coming out. Can they get tickets on your website? Can they get directed to tickets on your website? They sure can or you can go to Donald Trump. I think it's DonaldJTrump.com. All right, Carrie, thank you as always. I appreciate the time. I know you're going from one place to the other so quickly, so thanks for the time this morning. Thanks, Mike. All right, that is Carrie Lake joining us for a few moments. Coming up, Gatos and the BQ poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, Gatos, I am so sorry I'm so late this morning. I just had Kerry Lake on and we went long, so I've only got about a minute left. Here we go. Okay. Massive storm, Mike, hit the valley on Monday. You know, we got word uh, uh, about uh, 3 o'clock yesterday during the show, so I just asked, hey, do you have any damage from the 60-mile-per-hour winds, yes or no? Uh, we had a tree come down from the desert right on top of our pool, so I'm going to go out and start cleaning that up. I'll see you later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know what? That's it. The the, the Mental picture of that, of you cleaning that up is not fun. Not going to be fun. I know, I know, man. It's terrible. I saw the pictures online. That was a big tree. It was a big tree, but hey, we'll clean it up. No big deal. We'll, uh, I'll be ready at 2 o'clock. Thanks, Gatos. See you, man. All right. The Big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, how, ma- how much has it, have the number of illegals at the border risen? We're going to talk about that in just a moment.